your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wow, you actually are all going to listen to me on this episode. I feel so uh, thankful for that. But welcome to this Tuesday afternoon episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am, of course, your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Don't forget, we have a brand new podcast that will help you get hockey smart. The Crosscheck Podcast, hosted by Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark, goes deeper into NHL stories than any other podcast with the help of the smartest minds on ice. Follow the Crosscheck Podcast on the Audacity app or wherever you get podcasts. So, yes, let's talk about what happened last night as the Penguins probably suffered one of their most embarrassing losses in franchise history in the playoffs. And, of course, it goes against the team that has done this to them so many countless times throughout uh, this franchise's history. You know, you go back to 1993. That was the one thing that that reminded me of last night. Penguins finished uh, leading in shots about 50-28, to 28, um, but it didn't matter as Josh Bailey won the game in double overtime off of Tristan Jari just completely brain-farting his way on the ice. But, yeah, I mean, I think that's basically the best way to describe it. Tristan Jari lost in that game. Thank you very much for listening. Hope you all enjoyed this one, but no. Uh, that is now the second game this series, in this five-game series thus far, that he has blown. And there's no ifs ands or buts to that discussion he has single-handedly lost two of the three games for the penguins in this series i gave him a pass on game four you know they all the whole team played like shit you know when that happens you get blown out of your build you get blown out of the opposing team's building we saw it happen in 2017 with ottawa and you know we see it happen almost every year when it comes to the playoffs but you know to come back last night and to see how that team performed they played their asses off. I mean, that was probably the best playoff performance I've seen from this team uh, since 2017. Honestly, probably since 2018 against the Philadelphia Flyers. That, that's how I'll go back to that. I think there are a couple of games in that series where you know it lived up to the hype of 2016 and 2017, but they just took it to New York all game long. I mean, entering the overtime, I think the Islanders only had four high danger chances. Um, the Penguins were out attempting them like. Basically 77 to 48, I think it was for the game. The scoring chances for entering the overtime was 23 to 8 in favor of Pittsburgh. And no, of course, no, this is the big story of the game. One of the goalies made the saves, one of the goalies not. And honestly, that is the story of this series and probably will be why the Penguins lose. The Penguins goalie will not have made enough saves. The Islanders goalie who came in for Semyon Varlamov. Will have, you know. I think I I sympathize now with Capitals fans what it feels like to get Yaroslav Halak because this guy is going full Yaroslav Halak and is the only reason Ilya Sorokin that is as to why the Islanders are up three games to two right now. Sure, you know you can pin a couple of the goals on Brian Dumoulin from last night. I did not like the way that he pinched up there in the neutral zone with Anthony Beauvillier, but I'm also going to put a lot of the blame on Jake Gensel, and it's like, why are you going for a hit there when you can just skate backwards and dry a poke check? And yes, Tristan Jarring, I think, needs to stop that as well, way too deep in his net. The second one, Dumoulin again, a little weak behind his net, and then Jari flopping around in his crease, and then Everly basically has a tap-in, and it's like, these are saves that you've got to make and that you've made all season long, and now in the, the biggest game of the season, you're just flopping around when the team needs you the most, it's just not good enough and it's unacceptable. And, you know, like I said, the other goalie is making the saves. You know, I, I've seen so many tweets today that just 
It's just flat out pain, you know. This is from this comes from the, the Stefan uh, Rossner who runs the Islanders Hockey Now and the double OT win yesterday for New York. Sorokin had 16 high danger chances that he faced. He allowed zero high danger goals. He's faced 36 high danger chances this postseason in the three games that Pittsburgh has played against him. He's only surrendered two goals on 36 high danger chances. I mean, what more can you do? I, I mean, seriously, it's just like you just got to tip your cap and just say, you know, oh, you know, a goalie just turns into Patrick Wall. And, you know, that happens in the playoffs. You know, my buddy Nick Zararas talked about in his piece yesterday when, you know, talking about how the hockey media covers the playoffs and how there needs to be changes with it. You know, there's so many variables that go into a seven-game series, and the biggest one that we've seen right now that has gone on so many times in the past, think about Minnesota-St. Louis 2017 when the uh, Blues beat them in five games when they had no business beating them just because only Jake Allen was 960. That was the only reason they beat them. Now this season, you're almost getting something similar with Ilya Sorokin being 940 to 950 in three games, and this is the third straight postseason of an opposing goalie against the Penguins just playing like God. Carey Price turns into God mode last year in the bubble. The year before that, Robin Leonard in 2019, I understand that the, the Penguins really played like shit in that series. Robin Leonard was, again, 940 in that series. And then, of course, turns into a pumpkin against the Hurricanes. Um, and the Islanders get swept in the next round. So, you know, I'm sure once the Islanders win this series, whether it's tomorrow or it's Friday, even though I'm probably going to guess it's tomorrow, I'm sure Ilya Sorokin will probably be an 890 to 900 goalie the next round against Boston because, of course, there's going to be a lot of regression. But, I mean, I just really have not had a problem with how the Penguins have played in this series. I will die on this hill until the end of this. Even if the Penguins lose this series, they are the better team, and it has shown. You you, you look at the underlying numbers. This is from Chris Adamski this morning of the Pittsburgh Tribune Review. So these are the Penguins' ranks among the 16 playoff teams per uh, 5v5 per natural stat trick. They are second among playoff teams in attempted shots, third in shots on goal, third in expected goals for a 5v5, First in scoring chances for, second in high danger chances. And by the way, everyone, the Islanders are one of the best teams at, you know, stimming these high danger chances. They do not give up a lot of them. So the fact that the Penguins are second among playoff teams is nothing short and extraordinary. But this is the big one here. They are 14th in scoring chance save percentage. So they're not getting the saves from Trish and Jari. That's evidence after you saw from last night. And they are last in the league in scoring chance shooting percentage. So not only has their shooting percentage just flat out cratered for this playoff series, uh, their scoring chance same percentage with Tristan Jari, he has also cratered pretty badly in this in this playoff series. And I mean, what what more can I say, people? The Penguins are the more talented team. But as I have said on this podcast, and I have numerous people that have come on this podcast have said this, a lot of times in these small sample size series is, the better team doesn't always win. And I think that is going to be the case here. I just really don't see a way the Penguins win these last two games unless Tristan Jari just allows one goal in the two games combined like he did after what happened in New Jersey when he allowed six goals in that third period and then came out and basically was lights out those next two games. Unless he does that, the Penguins have no hope in this series. And oh yeah, they also have to go to the Nassau Coliseum tomorrow night, basically a house of horrors. Uh, where I think overall they are around 5-10, and 5-11 and 11, um, in their last 15-16 to 16 playoff games that they have played at the Coliseum. So yeah, good luck to the Penguins. I really don't think that they are going to win tomorrow night. It's just, this loss was so deflating, man. I mean, I don't think I've been this deflated after a loss 
since 2013 with a sweep against Boston, even 2014. I was a little upset, but I mean, I knew that changes were, were coming just because Ray Shiro and Dan Bilesma both needed to go. 2015, Chris Letang wasn't even playing, obviously the two cups. And then 2018, the team was gassed. I mean, I gave them a little bit of a pass these last couple of years as well. But this year, I just know how talented this team is. And it's so fucking nauseating that this team can be so talented and play so well. But yet again, time after time, they get hemmed in because of shitty garbage ass goaltending. I'm just really sick and tired of it. Um, it doesn't matter if it's Mark Andre Fleury playing bad in net, Matt Murray these last couple years, or now even Tristan Jari. This team has consistently not gotten good goaltending in the playoffs. You know, save for basically three uh, runs for the Penguins every other year. Their goaltending has been basically putrid, and it's just really frustrating with how talented and deep this team is at both forward and defense that they cannot even get league average goaltending from someone who was giving them basically league average goaltending all season. It just really doesn't make any sense to me, but... Like I said, people, the better team doesn't always win this series. And these are the series I just hate to lose, especially because the Penguins have played their asses off in four of these five games. If Jari gives them average goaltending in these five games, they probably win this series four games to one. And they win game one, and they win last night. There, there's no doubt about it um, in my mind. But, you know, obviously it didn't happen. But like I said, these are the series I just hate to lose because you can see the Islanders are not as good of a team. You know, they, sure, they don't make as many mistakes in quotation marks, but they're hardly getting any chances. But the thing is, when the, when they do get their chances, they're finishing on them. While, as with the Penguins, they're getting a lot of chances, but their shooting percentage has cratered, and the other goalie has decided to turn into God. I mean, there's just other factors at play here. I understand people are, are going to try to not play the luck card, but a lot of the playoffs, people is luck. You have average goaltenders. You know, Ilya Sorokin was not a world beater this season. It was his first freaking season in the NHL, and he was what? 915, 920 or something like that. I have to go double uh, back and check the numbers, but he was not this Vesna caliber goalie. He was basically an average goalie in his first season, and now he's playing like Dodd in his first playoff run because that's what can happen with this position. It's going to be annoying to face him probably for the next six to seven years because I said he's definitely better than the average goaltender, but this is the sort of stuff that you don't see coming because everyone thought it was going to be Semyon Varlamov's net for the whole playoffs, and it looked like it was until, of course, Trotz moved away from Varlamov after he allowed five goals in Game 3. It wasn't particularly sharp, but I'll say this again, everyone. All it takes is a hot goalie, and it doesn't mean shit for the rest of the series. You saw Thatcher Demko with the Canucks against the Knights last year. He did all he could. He took the Canucks to seven games against the Golden Knights, even though Vegas was dominating them at 5v5 in all situations. But, you know, when a goalie gets hot, it is very hard for the other team to win. And the Penguins are going to have to hope that Sorokin is off his game a little bit in these next couple of games and that Tristan Jari um, finds his form uh, back when he was playing at an all-star level earlier this season and then, of course, a bit last season. It's not something I see coming, but... You know, that has been the story of this, e this series. It's goaltending, people. But, okay, I'll have more on Tristan Jari coming up in the next segment as well as the great play I thought of Evgeny Malkin last night and, of course, Brian Russ scoring. But before I do get to that, it's time to talk about something new for the podcast, and that is Lucy Nicotine. It's a company founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative. Finally, tobacco alternatives that don't suck. 
Research and developed for three years to be made for people, not patients. Lucy has created a nicotine gum with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in three flavors, cinnamon, wintergreen, and, and pomegranate. Lucy gums are FSA and AHSA eligible, so you can use your FSA cards to purchase Lucy now. And it's convenient and discreet. Products can be enjoyed anywhere, on flights, at work, or on the go, or even at the gym. It's 2021. Get rid of your cigarettes, unplug your vape, throw out your dip, and get some Lucy nicotine gum. This is the real deal. A subscription to Lucy comes directly to your door each month. It's so simple and you don't have to leave your house because Lucy has delivery down. Lucy Laws Genus and gums are also FSA and HSA eligible so you can spend pre-tax dollars on them. Locked on NHL Network listeners go to lucy.co and use promo code Locked on NHL to get 20% off all products on your first order including gum. That's lucy.co and use promo code Locked on NHL at checkout. Also, I have to give this disclaimer. This product does contain nicotine derived from tobacco. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Remember, lucy.co and be sure to use that promo code LOCKEDONNHL. And of course, we cannot forget about rockauto.com. It's a family business serving auto park customers online for 20 years. You can go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts for hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliable low. Aim at same professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why should you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And you can write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection. Probably below prices. All the parts cover ever need. That's rockauto.com. All right. We're back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So uh, just a little bit more on Tristan Jari. I mean, again, people, it's just not good enough. I mean, he's paying, getting paid $3.5 million per season, and I even said it before the season, that was always a little bit steep to give someone who does not have a lot of NHL experience, definitely no playoff experience, and there were some people even before the season saying they should go out and get a veteran backup. They, they rolled the dice on this, and right now, it has failed, and I thought Seth Rorabaugh wrote a great piece with his empty netter stuff on the, for the Tribune Review this morning, basically talking about how they have invested a lot into Tristan Jari, eight years, in fact. Remember, he was drafted, I believe, in 2013. Seth Rowe, they, they changed a lot of coaches with him. They put it, brought him through the AHL. Of course, he had the Memorial Cup. They saw him as the heir apparent to Flurry even before Flurry left for Vegas. They chose Jari over Murray because he was younger, and that Murray, his play dipped off these last couple of years. But the, the return on investment has not been... Um, to what they have hoped to get from him thus far. I think that's putting it kindly. And if this keeps up for the rest of the series, I don't know, one, how he's on the team next year, and two, um, if he is on the team next year, um, how he's a starter. I mean, I think you'd have to go out and get someone who uh, is an experienced goaltender who can win you games, not just in the regular season, but in the playoffs. You know, there's a couple out there. Auntie Ranta from Arizona is hitting the market. Maybe you can go out and get Darcy Kemper from Arizona. I think he's be a tradable asset because I know they probably want to move some players out. There's Linus Allmark, who, who's a career 915 goalie with the Buffalo fucking Sabres. Um, I know it's probably still too early to be floating some names out there, but you know that's probably what's going to have to happen if Tristan Jari does not um, pull a Patrick Raw out of his ass here for these last two games. But I'll say it again. He has cost them single-handedly two games in this series, and if the Penguins get league average goaltending in games one and game five, they win this series, and they are playing Boston right now 
in the second round. It's just flat out embarrassing that Tristan Jari cannot make the easy saves, even though this team has played so well in front of them that have really limited the number of high danger chances and the number of scoring chances overall. It's just really frustrating with how this series has gone. And like I said, people, a lot of people just don't want to admit it, but luck has just such a huge impact in the playoffs. You know, the Islanders, if they're going to win this series, a lot of it will be based on luck. And, you know, normally I can tip my cap to a team like Montreal last year. You know, they played well. Carey Price stole a couple games, but I, I mean, I thought they still carried the play a bit against Pittsburgh, you know, the year before that. I tip my cap to the Islanders. They embarrassed the Penguins in every fashion, but I'm not tipping my cap to them here. Um, this is a series. Um, I just, I, I can't stand losing this one because I know who the better team is and the better team is losing the series. And again, people, as I said in the last segment, the better team doesn't always win a playoff series. But before I keep repeating myself and sounding like an idiot, I will say great game from last night from Evgeny Malkin. You're going to read people shitting on him and all this stuff. Don't listen to those kind of people. He's going to be with this team until he retires. Great shot last night to beat Sorokin to open the scoring on the power play, and that was their best power play of the series. Mind you, I just love the, the passing there, and then the release from Gino was great. Brian Russ finally wakes up, gets his second goal of the season. Oh, the series, excuse me. And it's so funny how Ilya Sorokin will allow a slap shot from 55 feet out that it looks like he sees all the way, but then he's just making all the high danger saves right when needed and is making every other save. It, it just really boggles my mind how he can allow that. But yeah, and he makes every other save even when it's like 5 to 10 feet away. So, you know, that's just goaltending. But nice to see Rust wake up. I will say Jake Gensel is having a horrific series. It's not from a lack of effort. He's just not finishing the chances that we're used to seeing. And oh yeah, defensively, his work in the defensive zone has been bad. Um, I also will say this. I'm seeing a lot of weird talk about, oh yeah, bro, they need more from Sidney Crosby. Sidney Crosby's been really bad. I don't know where this talk is coming from. I understand he's not producing at the way that you're accustomed to seeing him produce in the postseason, but the dude is still driving play. I mean, I saw this tweet this morning, um, Danny Ir Shiri Irving of the Pensblog tweeted this out, um, and Josh Joey is a great writer from The Athletic. I've had him on the show numerous times. Nothing but respect for him. But I do disagree that, you know, I understand maybe he's not taking over a playoff game, but it's not from a lack of effort. You know, as Danny tweets out, when Crosby has been on the ice in this series, the Penguins have 65% of the shot attempts, 62% of the expected goals, and 59% of the actual goals. It's almost like, wow, he's running into God or the God version of Dominic Hasek. That's basically the only reason why Sidney Crosby probably does not have four to five to even uh, six to seven points in this series is because the goalie, Ilya Sorokin, has just been God. And that is going to be the main reason why Pittsburgh, again, loses this series. So I really don't understand the talk about Sidney Crosby playing bad. You know, he's trying his ass off to really put the team on his back. And again, I really liked Evgeny Malkin's game last night as well. Chris Letang played another marvelous game. I, I, I saw people dumping on him for the first goal. If you're dumping on Chris Letang for that last goal, when that was a routine pinch that you see basically nightly around the NHL, uh, I don't think hockey is the right sport for you, and I suggest you for you to stop watching this sport. Um, the biggest blame, like I said, is probably on Brian Dumoulin. There's no need to pinch up there in the neutral zone. And then Jake Gensel just being a complete moron, forgetting how to skate backwards and going for a hit to separate um, the player from the puck. It's like, just do a poke check or just skate backwards because I'm sure Bavillier is not going to beat you one-on-one -on -one and, and you can hopefully trust Jari to make a save there. Um, I thought Latang had the game winner in the first overtime. I think it was just about with about a few minutes left. 
Um, just goes off Sorokin's blocker, I think, and it looked like he was going far side. Still have no idea how he saved that. I mean, even Josh, I think, wrote in his piece that he said from his vantage point at the arena, um, he thought that one was 100% going in. There's another one in overtime when Freddie Goudreau had a deflection. Sorokin doesn't even see it. It still barely hits his pad and stays out. Um, the five hole was wide the hell open. If he just deflects that puck an inch to the right, um, that's game over in the first overtime and we're going home up three games to two or going back to the Coliseum up three games to two. But um, again, stop criticizing Gino and Latang. I thought they played great last night. I'm tired of you know the criticism I'm seeing of Sid. I will say um, you can criticize Jake Gensel for not producing, even though I, I think it's still not from a lack of effort. Um, he's just been really unlucky in this series. Jason Zucker has not been very good. I also don't think Kasperi Kapanen has had a good series despite scoring um, the goal in game one, but he just, he is, has not looked himself, I don't think. But I really don't know what um, else I can say um, about this game and just moving forward. You know, if, if this team would have gotten better goaltending from the get-go, this game, this series would have been over in five. But I still have one more segment to get to. Um, before we do that, it's time to talk about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. You can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest uh, news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or phone and check out all the great sporting news. Send up bonuses and contest information. Don't sit on the silence anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your phone to sign up today and receive a 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's been online. They're online sportsbook experts with a promo code locked on. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow this show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Um, I apologize if, if I've been all over the place on this episode. I'm just trying to wrap my head around just how the hell they lost this game. I mean, like I said, um, the Islanders had no business winning that game. They have no business being up three games to two in this series. Um, the, the Penguins are the better team. Um, it just flat out stinks. Um, and it's the worst way to lose that when you know your team is the better team, but you're still on track to lose because um, there's just basically one factor that's deciding the series. And, you know, like I said, it, it's just been it's been goaltending. And, you know, to touch on that play again um, in that double overtime, there are two perfectly fine options. And I also saw people blaming Evgeny Malkin for not coming down far enough from the blue line. I'm sorry. If you're blaming Evgeny Malkin for being lazy on that, I just think you're looking to be a hot take machine for the sake of being a hot take machine. That, that's just stop talking about the sport if you are blaming Evgeny Malkin for Tristan Jari's horrific blunder there. There's nothing lazy about what Malkin did there. He's perfectly eligible to get a pass there. It was just Jari making a boneheaded decision to go up to the middle of the ice when there are three Islanders defenders there and then Mike Matheson on the, is on the other side. It's just like, just pick one of them and pass it. I mean, who knows what happens for the rest of the game? I mean, sure, if Jari allows a goal that's, you know, not his fault, I mean, I think people would be a little more, I guess, understanding of it. But it's just like, when you have two great plays and you choose the other one, that's awful. I mean, there, there's not going to be any sympathy from anyone in the Penguins fan base. And I'll say it here as well. I am so sick and tired of this team. I, I said in the first segment of just them getting garbage goaltending these last few years. I'm not going to blame Matt Murray as much for 2019, but, you know, 2020 with how he played against Montreal and then this year with Tristan Jari and then for so many years with Marc-Andre Fleury basically vomiting all over himself. 
it's just exhausting to see this team when they've had so many uh, really good teams over the years. It is exhausting to see them never be able to get at least league average goaltending, except for only the three Stanley Cup runs. I mean, even in, in the runs where they've gone deep, but they've lost, you know, whether it's Boston or a couple other of the years, you know, it's still been the goaltending that has caved them in. So it's just really frustrating to continually have this happen year after year. And if I'm Ron Hextall um, at the end of season pressure conference, if the Penguin season does come to an end either tomorrow night or on Friday, I just say, hey, you know what? We played our asses off. I'm not concerned with the lack of effort. I thought Mike Sullivan did a great job. I'm going to bring back most of this team, even though there's obviously going to be some changes with the expansion draft stuff. Maybe I, maybe they move out Jason Zulker in the offseason. They move out Marcus Pedersen to get P.O. Joseph in there. And then you bring in a goalie like Antti Ranta or Linus Olmark, and you go right back at it again next season. I understand the Stars are going to be a bit older, but there is no need to blow up this team if they lose here. I understand people are going to want to make changes for the sake of making changes. I completely disagree with you people. Um, they are not going to trade Evgeny Malkin and Crystal Tang. I understand they only have one year left on their contracts, but the core has not been the problem in this series, and it really has not been the problem for basically any of the playoff series over these last 15 years. I mean, it's just the fact that the Penguins have ran into God and that the goalie, their goalie, you know, much like what Marc-Andre Fleury happened in 2012 and 2013, um, and, you know, Matt Murray last year, um, they have not made the saves that they were making in the regular season. It really, like I said, that's probably the 1500th time that I've said that on this episode, but I mean, that's, there's nothing more I can say. But that's what I would say if I were Ron Hextall at the end of the season press conference, and I would come right back at it again with this team next season, or most of this team next season. Obviously, you're going to lose someone in expansion draft. You may make a couple trades to maybe bring in a top nine forward or, you know, move some salary out and then just go get a goalie, and you should be perfectly fine to make another run at this thing next season. You just don't need to overreact and bring all this toughness bullshit on here and, you know, getting all heavy like I'm sure Brian Burke may talk about after the end of the season. It just comes down to one team has gotten lucky in this series and has had better goaltending and the other team has not gotten better goaltending and um, they just have not gotten good puck luck. And oh yeah, by the way, to make all of your matters worse, I will tweet this out from J Fresh Hockey last night. Um, this was just awful to read. So, since the Penguins' 2017 Stanley Cup, um, this has been their playoff stats. 51% expected goals for, again, not bad. 53% Corsi, so 53% of the shot attempts, that's not bad. 47% of the actual goals for, so the process is not translating over to the results. Their save percentage is 898, so again, the goaltending has been dog shit. Their PDO is 95.6, and then their shooting percentage is 5.8%. This just goes to show that basically it is karma for what the Penguins did in 2017 where they got 937 goaltending and their PDO I think was you know, well over 100. I think it was like close to 110. I mean, this is just basically four straight years of really bad luck and the Penguins are basically just paying the price for it. But I mean, it's insane how your expected goals for and your Corsi can be so good and the, res and the process looks great. Uh, while you're watching it, but the actual results with how the, the goals for aren't there and the save percentage isn't there, and then your shooting percentage luck is not there, and that's been the case this series um, as well. So, you know, like I said, you can't even tip your cap to the Islanders just because they've just been getting lucky 
all series. And I'm sure, like I said, once the Islanders probably advance to play Boston, I'm sure Ilya Sorokin is going to go back to being a pumpkin, being an 890 to barely even a 900 goalie in that series with how deep Boston is as well. But that'll do it for this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'll have another episode coming out tomorrow, probably before the game to preview uh, Game 6. I think I'm going to have Chad from the 412 Sports Talk podcast on to preview it and talk about some other stuff that came out out of this game five and just you know what he's looking forward to with game six and what he would do uh if the penguins uh lost game six uh going into the offseason but appreciate you all somehow listening to this entire episode if you did listen to this entire episode um god bless you because i don't know how you all did that but again thank you all for somehow listening to this episode of locked on penguins podcast and i'll talk to you all tomorrow where the penguins will hopefully try to extend their season